All right. Happily charging forward through the quarantine and the coronavirus age of coronavirus. Appreciate everyone listening. Appreciate everyone staying safe. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. Happily not protesting in the face of nurses since, well, forever. Appreciate everyone listening. Hope everyone's doing well. Uh, Hopefully you have found some new programs on your Netflix, on your Disney Plus, on your Hulu. The days are stretching on. The weeks are stretching on. We are now into late April. Yeah, technically late April. Hopefully you had a nice quote-unquote Earth Day on Monday. If you didn't, that's fine also. All I'm saying is that it's a good thing that deliveries and takeout are still an option for a lot of people, depending where you are listening to this show. Jonas Nordman, humbly bringing you the news on Kansas basketball, Jayhawk basketball, here in these uncertain times, here in the earlier than expected offseason, but hey, we're managing right. Here's what's on the docket. Should be some fun stuff. I've got some scheduling news. New stuff just came out just this morning as I was preparing for the show about Kansas basketball scheduling for this December, assuming everything is still up to course and it's up, it's, it'll be normal. After that, we've got some draft talk. Yes, the big news right now in the world, apart from, you know, everyone's health, is the NFL draft, which will be happening tomorrow. This episode will drop today. On Wednesday, April, what is it, 22nd? Yeah, it's the 22nd. The days are melding together. Colors are blending together. Up is down. Cats and dogs are friends. Who knows? Uh, But we've got some draft talk of the basketball variety and how it will affect Kansas. And I'm going to take a a brief hiatus, sort of, from our journey into looking back on the season that was for each member of the roster for Kansas basketball. And I'm going to do a retrospective a certain coach. Hmm. Had a little anniversary just yesterday. So I figured it was a good time to sort of pounce on that topic and go from there. All we can really do is have retrospectives, right? Every day is a, an anniversary during this age of coronavirus. So as each day passes by, there's a new, there's a new anniversary that we can reflect on because we have nothing new to talk about. But we're going to do our best. Speaking of new... I have the new Instagram handle for everyone to interact with at JonasN310. And of course, oh, I didn't even do the fun stuff. The Believe Podcast Network, your number one podcast network for professionals. We believe in our teams. Here it comes. Everyone get everyone together now. Do you believe? All right. If you want to advertise, I know they're slapping advertisements at the beginning and end of these shows. Very cool. Things are blowing up. Appreciate all those good people being a part of this journey. Just go to Believe.com. B-L-E-A-V.com. Go to the advertising tab. Drop some dough, baby. All right, here's what I believe. I believe that even though we, again, had a weird offseason that started earlier than it should have, there's still been news coming out week by week. And just today... Brand new scheduling news, and I love scheduling news. College basketball is so weird. Like college football, you know who a team's going to play in like 10 years. A lot of these big matchups are set. I mean, that's because they're usually set around like these lame fake bowls, these preseason events. 
you know, the Advocare preseason kickoff, Oregon versus Auburn. But college basketball, they determine all this stuff, you know, a couple of months before they play each other. For better or for worse. I guess it's nice on a year-to-year basis. So just today, the always reliable John Rothstein took a break from railing against college transfers. <laughs> Where did that come from? I go on his Twitter. I, I see the, the scheduling news that I'm about to talk about. He's worried about the kids transferring and, and whatnot. That's eh, a different topic for a different day. And, and I'm not going to touch on, by the way, the death of college basketball and, and the recruits going to the G League. Yes, Jalen Green, Isaiah Todd, different players are going to the G League. They're getting paid to play legally instead of going to college. Maybe a different topic for a different time. For the time being, college basketball is fine. How do I know that? Because Kansas just scheduled a game with Creighton. The Blue Jays out of Omaha. You may have to bring on Mike Snow again from the Believe in Big Ten Bets show as he's located there in Omaha ahead of that game. He's a Nebraska guy and you, but he's in Omaha and hates Creighton. So we can have a good laugh later on in December. This game will be played in December as part of the Big 12 Big East Challenge. Remember, this is partly why Kansas was playing Villanova the last two years. Nova came to the fieldhouse now two seasons ago. Diedrich Lawson, the whole nine yards. Coming off the beatdown in the Final Four, Kansas won that game. Went to the Wells Fargo Center this past December against Villanova. Lost a heartbreaker. Perhaps you'll won that one. Marcus Garrett got heart, hurt in that game. Kansas loses by, what, a point or two? Something like that. So, this year, and perhaps for the next two seasons, Creighton. Should be pretty good games. Creighton will be coming to the Fieldhouse this December. And to be honest with you, Creighton was a team, should the tournament have been played this year, that I was really nervous about, at least for Kansas to match up against. Now, we don't know how Kansas will be looking and how the roster will shake out and how they'll be playing by the time December rolls around. Heck, by the time that March rolls around, they're a different team than the team that's in December. That was convoluted and confusing. But teams transform over the course of a season is what I'm saying. But the way that KU defended the three-point line last year, they gave up a lot of threes because they like to collapse, make a, make a guard or whoever kick out and try to rush back and contest that three-point shot. Creighton took and made a lot of three-point shots this past year. And the segment that I have coming up, the NBA draft decisions, the college basketball two NBA draft decisions, is actually going to be pretty hev- heavily influenced by Creighton. They will look a little bit different than the team that KU could have seen in March Madness. But regardless, this is a pretty formidable squad. This is going to be a really good game that will probably be on ESPN, right? Maybe Fox. Fox broadcasts Big East home games. ESPN generally gets those Big 12 home games. So at the Fieldhouse, I, I would think it'll be on ESPN. Creighton preseason projections was looking like a potential top five team for the upcoming year. Now with a guy's decision, which I'll get into in just a moment, still top 15 potentially. They have a few more decisions to go, but they did just get Alex O'Connell, the transfer from Duke. Stringy white guy, but when he's hot, 
is a really good shooter. So he fits exactly what they're looking to do. And with Creighton, head coach Greg McDermott used to be the head coach at Iowa State. Big 12 flavor. His son is, of course, Doug McDermott, who took the country by storm earlier last decade or the middle of last decade. I believe still in the NBA. Maybe not necessarily still with the Chicago Bulls, but Dougie's still in the, in the NBA, I think. So that's a really good matchup. And the Big East is a really good conference for basketball. And UConn's coming back. UConn is leaving the American, and I think they're going to the Big East, although they're not really relevant right now. <laughs> so that, that's, that's pretty fun. That's some good, fun scheduling news. So already on the docket, or already set in stone, Champions Classic, assuming everything, again, goes according to plan. Who knows these days? Champions Classic. I believe Michigan State played Kentucky two years ago, Duke last year. Michigan State's on the cycle. Then they play USC. We talked about it a few weeks ago on this very program. Thanks for listening. Not necessarily the name brand recognition of Creighton or Villanova, Michigan State. But they do have, depending on what service you look at, the number one or number two ranked recruit in the nation, Evan Mobley coming in. A couple other talented players on that team as well. Won't be easy. A really good Creighton team. And then they haven't even announced the Big 12 SEC matchup yet. Although I would imagine, right, they cycle back around and will go to Tennessee. I don't know if it necessarily works that way for the Big 12 SEC. I know Kansas and Kentucky played each other like every year when they weren't playing in the Champions Classic. So maybe they go to Tennessee. Maybe it's someone different. Maybe they go to Florida. We'll find out. But the schedule already looking pretty formidable. Remember, Kansas this past season strength the schedule, number one by a long shot. Bill Self is not afraid to schedule and play these tough games, and it's always for the betterment of the team. Can't wait. That should be. I'm really excited for that Creighton game. Again, I know the name brand isn't there with Kentucky, Duke, North Carolina, UCLA even, Michigan State, but Creighton has always been a solid program. I like their uniforms. Sue me. The Blue Jays is a fun, different mascot. I don't know. It'll be cool. It'll be some good Midwest, I guess, flavor. Although when it's Omaha versus Lawrence, maybe spice and flavor is not the best term for that. Whatever. It's going to be a good time. Let's move on. Believe in Jayhawks basketball program. Jonas Nordman surviving. So what's the big news in the sports world right now? Really nothing. Will baseball go to Arizona? Will the NBA go to Las Vegas? Really, though, I just saw the Red Sox just got their suspensions. Finally, only took, no, like four months. But really, the big news as we sit here right now, NFL draft tomorrow. Good luck to all the young hopefuls. And then the Michael Jordan slash Bulls documentary, The Last Dance, on the four-letter network. That is our content right now. (laughs) NFL draft, so the potential of what could be. And then looking back on 1998, I call it 1984 through 1998, the Jordan era, The Last Dance. 
that is what is essentially consuming the sports world. And I guess what's happening in Tampa Bay with the football franchise. Ooh, some old New Englanders are going down to Florida to retire. That's big news. Happens all the time. (laughs) So in the spirit of the draft, and again, with everything sort of up in the air, all the dates for the NBA draft and declaring for the draft and who's going to come back, we don't really know because we don't really know what's going to happen with the NBA per se. But I have compiled a nice little list here of five names or essentially five draft decisions, whether they may come back or if they've already declared and they're staying in the draft, that will impact Kansas for the upcoming season both on a national and Big 12 level. Five names that I think are really a big deal for Kansas fans to keep an eye out. If you're not following my gist here, I think you'll get in just a second. And I start with number one, Sadiq Bay, A. Bay Bay, Villanova. Why did I throw him in here? Well, first and foremost, this is the guy that won the Julius Irving, the Dr. J Award for the best small forward in college basketball next year. Villanova is angling at the moment to likely be them and Gonzaga to be the preseason number one team in college basketball next season. And when you look at what they have come back, yeah, it, it makes sense. Depending on what Sadiq Bay, he could be joining Jeremiah Robinson Earl, who will be a sophomore forward last year, had a solid freshman year. Colin Gillespie, white guy point guard who is getting that feeling of, hasn't he been there forever? Well, he's coming back. And then Justin Moore and Jermaine Samuels. So that's, that's four starters already expected back for a really good team. Then you add in Sadiq Bey, who's 6'8", shot 45% on threes. A guy who's being talked about at the top of the draft. I don't think he's going to come back. And if he does, that's going to be a scary team. Villanova likely will be number one or number two regardless. If he comes back, Sadiq Bey, they'll be number one. If he doesn't come back, probably number two. Now, depending on what happens with some of the other names on this list. That's why I actually mentioned this about a month or so ago. We talked about the way, 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 way too early preseason rankings, right? And I think it was John Rothstein, got tongue-tied there on Roth's name. He said, Sadiq Bey expected back. This team's going to be scary good. They are going to be scary good. But I didn't get why Sadiq Bey was guaranteed to come back. I mean, what a year he had. So keep an eye on that name. Sadiq Bey, S-A-D-D-I-Q-B-E-Y. Number two, Philip Petrushev, Gonzaga. No, Kansas is not guaranteed to play Gonzaga next year. The schedule, when the Zags come to the field house, then KU goes to Spokane, doesn't kick in for three seasons. But if you were worried about Kansas on the interior after losing Yudoka Azabuki, well, then you should be keeping an eye on Philip Petrushev. Petrushev averaged 17.5 points per game and 7.9 rebounds per game just this past year. He was the best player on a really good team. Gonzaga was going to be a number one seed. And if he comes back, 
again, they are looking at potentially about four to five starters coming back along with a solid recruiting class. Oh, and by the way, Petrushev, third-team All-American. Really good player. Really good post player inside. There's going to be a lot asked of David McCormack, Silvio DeSosa, Mitch Lightfoot next year. And potentially that could involve facing Philip Petrushev in like an Elite Eight or Final Four. Keep an eye on that name. I would expect him to come back. This is a true post player in an era of NBA basketball where your fives need to be able to shoot the three or at least shoot from distance a little bit. He doesn't really do that or he hasn't really shown it in college. Keep an eye, keep an eye on Philip F-I-L-I-P, Petrushev. Number three, and this is why I really wanted to focus on Creighton. Tyshawn Alexander. Ty with a dash in between, S-H-O-N. Tyshawn Alexander from Creighton. Just yesterday, he said, I am staying in the draft, and that is huge. Now, this is a Kansas-specific show where we talk a lot of Big 12 basketball as well, not a lot of Big East. So who is Tyshawn Alexander? Why does it matter? Well, first and foremost, I just mentioned, right? Kansas is probably 98% going to play Creighton next year. And if you want them to win that game, it's going to be tough if they're facing a 6'4 guard who scored essentially 17 points per game, 16.9, averaged five rebounds per game, 2.3 assists per game, and shot an eyelash, 39.9, so call it 40%, from three-point range. That is a good player, Tyshawn Alexander, and he should stay in the draft. (laughs) Because if he does anything close to those numbers in the NBA, that's like an all-star right there. Certainly a guy who's going to have a really good career making money playing basketball. Tyshawn Alexander. So in the way, way, way too early preseason projections, some people had Creighton at number two, partly because they had this guy coming back. But he announced he's staying in, as he should. So Creighton goes from a preseason top five team to a top 15, and they could drop even further if their sixth man, Denzel Mahoney, shout out to my Mahomies, doesn't come back. He's expected to. But you never know what these kids are going to hear in the draft process. So if Mahoney doesn't come back, maybe they drop even a little bit further down. And now that game doesn't have quite the, the glitter to it. It'll still be a good game. Don't get me wrong. But Tyshawn Alexander, really good player. Going to be making money over the table. Who knows what they do in Omaha, right? Maybe they pay their players in stakes. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. Just an assumption or tickets to the College World Series. That's all I really know about Omaha. Number four, we step back into the world of the Big 12, but this also affects Kansas on a national level. Jared Butler, Baylor. This show has now been on since, what, late January or so, once Kansas got in that fight with K-State, Silvio DeSosa with the stool. And we've talked a lot of Baylor on this show for good reason. As the season was going on, Baylor was putting together a 23-game winning streak. They were the consensus number one team in the nation. Kansas was looking up at them. The biggest game of the year was KUBU. 
Baylor, Kansas. And the main man for that Bears squad was Jared Butler. Now, he and Macy Oteague are testing the waters of the NBA draft. Both big names. Macy Oteague, Davion Mitchell are really nice players and really integral key guys for what should be a really good Baylor team again. But it is Jared Butler that makes the whole thing go. They are losing Freddie Gillespie because he's a senior. Devontae Bandu, also a senior. So Tristan Clark will have to step up. Matthew Meyer. They have some other recruits. But if they lose Jared Butler, that'll be the big one. I don't know what his decision is. And again, I'm not an NBA guy. I'm more so in predicting on production, you know, when your stock is at its highest. Jared Butler, most likely his stock is at his highest, but he could come back and have an excellent Big 12 season for a team that would be angling for a number one seed. What does he have to improve on? Pretty good defensively. Pretty good score. Not the naturally quickest guy in the world, which is tough to improve on, so maybe he has to come back to college regardless. But if you want Kansas to win the Big 12 again and get a number one seed, Baylor is likely going to be the biggest obstacle. And Jared Butler is that man. No more Devon Dotson, right? The point guard play for Kansas. His opposite number, Jared Butler, likely could be coming back. So keep an eye on that name. Another, I guess, literal mountain, a figurative mountain. He's not an actual mountain that Kansas will have to potentially overcome next year is Oscar Sheboy, West Virginia. He is also testing the waters, just dipping a toe in. Is it hot? Is it cold? Do you like me? He led West Virginia in scoring last year at 11.2 points per game. Perhaps explains their struggles down the stretch. Their leading scorer was a raw player, only averaging a little over 10 points per game. But he was a force. Second in the Big 12 in rebounding behind Yudoka Azabuki at 9.3 rebounds per game. The sky's the limit for Sheboy. If he gets any semblance of an offensive game, a consistent offensive game, the defense is there, the effort, the athleticism. He's an athletic physical freak and he developed or he paired up for a pretty fearsome front court with Derek Culver. And this goes back again to what I was saying about Philip Petrushev and how it applies to Kansas. If you're worried about Yudoka Azabuki leaving and what Kansas is going to do down low. Yeah. You may want to see what happens with Oscar Sheboy as well as Derek Culver. Although Culver seems pretty set. On coming back, the projections are not as optimistic for Culver. So in case you forgot, just some names to keep an eye on as we are perhaps nearing the deadline for players to enter their name into the draft process. Sadiq Bey, Philip Petrushev, spit it out. (laughs) Tyshawn Alexander, Jared Butler, and Oscar Sheboy, or Big O as the guy on ESPN Plus kept calling him because he didn't want to bother learning how to pronounce his name. Not that hard. 
All right. Good stuff. This is the Believe in Jayhawks basketball program, Jonas Nordman. And I'm not going to do another player on the roster today because yesterday was an anniversary. Again, all we can do right now is, as each day passes, is look back on what has happened in the past. And yesterday, on April 21st, 17 years ago, you probably saw it on Twitter or online, KU Hoops, at KU Hoops and Kansas Basketball and Athletics, made sure to highlight that 17 years ago, Billy Eugene Self Jr. was named the head coach at the University of Kansas. Wow, 17 years. Where does the time go? So I wanted to do a bit of a retrospective. Where do we sit as a program, as an institution, with Bill Self after 17 years, entering his 18th year as head coach at Kansas? Let's start with the raw numbers, right? An over 800 winning percentage at Kansas, 821. He's 501 and 109 as the head coach at the University of Kansas. That's ridiculous. That's unbelievable. Over 700 wins overall, 500 plus, like I just said, at Kansas. The six-time Big 12 Coach of the Year has numerous National Coach of the Year awards as well. Of course, everyone knows about what he's done in conference. He's won the conference 15 of his 17 years coaching. And of course, the 14 straight setting records. Stuff we didn't think we could ever see in a modern era. That's stuff that Gonzaga does in the WCC when their best opponent is St. Mary's every year. And that's what UCLA was doing with John Wooden, Lou Alcindor, a.k.a. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Bill Walton, right? Different era. Those guys stayed in school for four years each. Not something we ever thought we could see with the era of one-and-dones, roster turnover. Bill Self did it. It was remarkable. In terms of his coaching and recruiting, he coaches five stars pretty well. He gets his McDonald's All-Americans. Mario Chalmers, Andrew Wiggins, Wayne Selden. Stayed a few years extra, but developed him into a solid player. Is making a career currently in the G League. Kelly Oubre. Shek Diallo, right? He gets the five stars, and he generally coaches them up pretty well, especially if they stay in school. Not necessarily always the case. Cole Aldridge also, right? But what he really excels with is developing those under-recruited three-star, four-star guys and turning them into program guys who then, again, go on to have NBA careers. The true mark of an excellent coach. Devontae Graham, Frank Mason come right off the, off the bat, right? Oh, and Josh Jackson in terms of a, a five-star. He had an excellent freshman year. Got him a, a big-time draft selection. Hasn't worked out for him, partly, to what, partly because of his own actions. But he, he really excels, Bill Self does, at developing those, the Morris twins. Again, four-star guys. But from the minute they stepped on campus as freshmen, from the time they left as juniors, different guys. Thomas Robinson, right? These guys essentially had NBA careers because of their time coming to Lawrence and being developed by Bill Self and his staff. 
in terms of X's and O's, being adaptable. You know, that's part of the reasons why I wouldn't take any other coach, truly. Because not a lot of coaches are as adaptable, especially in college. College coaches are so rigid. It's their way or the highway. Back in 2008, heck, back in 2011, when they were still running the double post with the Morris Twins, even 2013, right? Jeff Withy, or 2012, I should say, Jeff Withy and Thomas Robinson. That's not that long ago. Who would have ever thought that Bill Self would be willing, willing, not like even listen to the fact that he'd run a four-guard lineup, you know, that he'd run out those teams with four guards and shoot a ton of threes, like the 2017 and the 2018 teams, you know, the Devontae Graham, the Frank Mason teams. Small ball forwards, Josh Jackson, Gerald Vick. Uh, If Bill Self thought he was ever going to play a game against Duke in the Elite Eight in 2018 with Gerald Vick, as his starting, uh, essentially his starting power forward, I think he would have laughed, laughed at you and told you to get out of their new basketball facility. So he's adaptable. Hates zone defense. Loves his man defense. But when he recognizes that something needs to change, I think of the 2012 Elite Eight against North Carolina, they went to a triangle too, and North Carolina had no idea what to do. Roy Williams is not as adaptable. You know, look at the, what North Carolina just had happen to them this past year. Injuries a different roster than what they expected. And they tanked and and they had a terrible year. Does that sound familiar though? Adjusting despite what happens to the roster. It just happened for Bill Self and the 2020 Kansas Jayhawks. The very first game of the year, Yudoka Azabuki, David McCormack started alongside each other. By the end of the year, when Kansas was the consensus number one team of the nation, McCormack was the backup five and Marcus Garrett was essentially starting at the four. Bill Self recognized that small ball was the way to go with this roster, and they took off. So adaptability. I think it's huge. I think it's what's made him a great coach. Personable. Now, I'm, I'm going to do my best not to bring up what's happening with the Adidas and the NCAA, although I just did it. So there it is. But like I'm just going off of tangible, on-the-court, press conference type of stuff. Not things that, I, frankly, I shouldn't speak on. Because if you don't know what you're talking about, then you shouldn't talk about it. So in terms of a face of the program, yes, when he has a press conference, when he tweets something, you get the snark in the comment section like, you know, best team money could play for, blah, blah, blah. But he's personable. He is affable. This is the guy, this is the coach in the nation that, you know, the old saying goes, who would you want to drink a beer with? Probably Bill Self. And he's drank a lot of beers with a lot of people, judging by his figure from the time he came to Lawrence 17 years ago. Doesn't really publicly say anything annoying. Doesn't put himself in hot water with his comments. You know, with all the transfer stuff going on. He doesn't say anything dumb. Like, who knows what he actually believes? But at least he's not putting himself in a precarious situation. Everything comes with a joke. Heck, the first time we met Bill Self as Kansas head coach, they hand him that folding chair. Like the, the clip is online, right? It was hilarious. Former Chancellor Hemingway hands him the folding chair that says, Bill Self, head coach, University of Kansas. He touches the chair and he goes up to the microphone and says, Oh, that chair already feels a little hot. <laughs> hot seat. Well done, Bill. 
And it's sort of gone on from there. So yeah, in terms of quotes, a guy to get along with the media, to go on with ESPN and Reese Davis and all those guys. He's good. Like I, I wouldn't want to hang out with Coach K, crotchety old guy. Roy Williams, love him. He's like the grandpa that you want to hang out with and hear all the stories. Not necessarily again a guy I want to hang out with. I don't think I'd get along very well with John Calipari. Right. So these are, you know, Tom Izzo, also a little gruff, not really my style. So these are sort of his counterparts, right? His peers. Bill Self, sort of the, the cooler cat, more of the aw shucks kind of guy, which is fine, which is perfect for the Midwestern program that is Kansas basketball. But, right, there is some counterpoints to the legacy of Bill Self. And this is just, these are just facts here. Three and seven in the Elite Eight. There are the tough upsets. And say what you want. Maybe they're a little bit overblown. Bucknell and Bradley were at the beginning of his tenure. You know, every big program, when you're consistently top ranked, it's hard to win championships. And when you put yourselves in those positions, more times than not, yeah, it's going to happen. VCU. The one that stings is, of course, Northern Iowa. The Stanford game, you know, that's a Pac-12 program. That Wiggins and B team really didn't end up being that great. I think the only team that Bill Self has had that's lost 10 games or one of two. But yeah, the stigma's there. When people think Bill Self, when people think Kansas, they usually say, oh yeah, how about those upsets though? Fair? Probably not. But they're there. And this is going to sound real, <laughs> I don't know, sour, real spoiled probably. But just, again, just, just one title. In 17 years, I know in the grand scheme of things, not that long, right? But in, co- in a coaching tenure, it's a good amount of time. And it's so hard to win national championships. I know that. But this, this is the list of teams that have won multiple championships since Bill Self came to Kansas. UConn has won three titles with two different coaches, mind you. Calhoun won two, and one of them was Self's very first season in Kansas. But still, UConn has won three titles. North Carolina with Roy Williams, who couldn't win the big one at Kansas, has won three titles. Again, one of them in 2005 with a team he essentially inherited. Florida has won two. Back-to-back, mind you. Joakim Noah, Al Horford, Corey Brewer, one of the greatest teams we'll ever see. Duke has won two titles, 2010, 2015. And Villanova's won twice. Recently, of course, but they have. And both times going through Kansas and Bill Self. The Elite Eight and 16. And the destruction in the Final Four of 2018. Of course, Louisville has one sprinkled in there. Although technically they don't have that championship in 2013. (laughs) And Virginia. And the last title game that we've seen played. 
Bill Self does make $7.15 million per year. I believe he is the third highest paid college basketball coach. Got that 10-year extension back in 2012. So he is being paid through 2022. And there's always those rumors of the Spurs, right? And his relationship with R.C. Buford. His son, Tyler Self, who looked adorable 17 years ago when Bill Self was introduced to the Kansas faithful. But his son is now in the scouting department for the Spurs. Yeah. Tyler is working in basketball operations. I don't, I, I, he does a pretty good job of diffusing the Spurs rumors. And you never want to be the guy replacing the legend. You want to replace the replacement, right? <laughs> so I, I don't think you want to be the person stepping in immediately after Greg Popovich. But Bill Self is 57. So again, as a coach, he's still really young. But he might be starting to get a little antsy. And again, who knows what's going to happen with the NCAA. So I'm just laying it out there. My question in my retrospective and my overarching feeling on Bill Self is this. Whenever I, I've met people, again, I've, I've mentioned it. I am born and raised in Southern California, but clearly a diehard Kansas basketball fan, right? And alum. So whenever I go home or whenever I talk with other college basketball fans wherever in the country, usually the question goes, what's your, what's your feeling? Are you, big self, are you a big Bill Self guy? My answer to that, and I think that's the question that I would pose to the Kansas nation, to Jayhawk fans, to listeners of the Believe in Jayhawk basketball program, who else would you want? Right? I personally am overjoyed and would not take anyone else over Bill Self. NCAA sanctions, you know, notwithstanding for the time being. He is 57. He still has a ton of years to go. Honestly, at this pace, and if he does stay at Kansas, and if wins don't get wiped off the board, he is very much in line to break whatever record Mike Krzyzewski sets by the time he retires at Duke. Right? 700 wins already. Career-wise, that includes his time at Oral Roberts in Tulsa and Illinois. So he's on a pretty good pace. He wins about 25 to 30 games a year. Coach K is too old. Roy Williams is too old. Coach Cal doesn't fit necessarily the fan base. Maybe Jay Wright, but he's a little too slick. You know, he's out there in Philadelphia. George Clooney. You know, maybe if Billy Donovan ever came back to college, that'd be an awesome option, but that's not viable right now. I don't think, you know, Tony Bennett at Virginia, I don't think the, the style of play fits what Kansas fans want. We want scoring. We like a good defensive slugfest, you know, as long as it wins games like this past season. But the up and down run gun Jayhawks of a few years ago with the four guards, you know, Bill Self loves a good alley oop. We're down with that. We'd prefer that over the pack line defense of Virginia. So, yeah, who else would you want? And if there is someone, let me know. You know, at this moment of time, as we head into the 2020. 2021 season coming off a year where Kansas was clearly at least a presumptive favorite to win the national championship. 
you know, when you, the, the guys you may say are the grand old standard, Coach K and Roy Williams, like you don't want to build a program with those guys right now. Let me know at Jonas N three one zero on Instagram. If there is someone else you would take, right? Like John Beeline could be coming back pretty soon into college, but he is older. All right. So good stuff today. Bill self talk. I'm a big bill self guy. I really am. No one I would rather take one title is unfortunate, but again, that sounds sour grapes, right? So let me know. But until, until then, stay safe, stay hungry, stay humble, stay inside. I think that's the most important thing. Thank a healthcare worker or someone stocking your groceries. They deserve it. They don't, get to get, they don't deserve to be yelled in their face by weirdos. And until next week, I will leave you with a cover your face, cover your cough. But as always... Rock John. Doggy dog and Dr. Dre is at the dope. Ready to make an entrance so bad.